You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the We Are Libertarians Network. We are doing a reaction video, and we're going to be talking about a specific video. It's a little bit lesser known, but kind of making the rounds again recently. It's important to talk about. So this is an example of just a, a guy getting pulled over uh, for driving while black, essentially. And we are examining this video because it's important to understand where that, where this has come from. George Floyd was not, unfortunately, not even the worst example of police brutality that we have. So why is it that George Floyd was the straw that broke the camel's back? Well, to do that, you have to examine the totality of the other straws. Now, we want to say, ah, oh, you know, it's it's only, well, not, I shouldn't say we. There's a certain segment of people that just say, you know, the, the murder isn't, the murder is bad. But it can't be that bad. You know, are things really this awful? Maybe you don't know someone who's been murdered by the police. But you probably do know somebody who has had this type of experience with the police. Maybe you have. But definitely somebody that you know has. Very few people have ever had an experience with the police that's positive, obviously. Uh, but even if it's going to be negative, it's usually not this bad. Now, this isn't a violent video. You can have your kids listen to this episode. At the moment, I'm the only one here, and so you shouldn't hear any uh, expletives or anything like that. I can control this. But it's important for people to see and understand that this, these type of little problems added up into one big gigantic problem and please feel free to comment guys i'm going to show some of the comments that we get during during this uh first time i tried sharing this it wouldn't play audio but i believe i've got that figured out so again i'm gonna play a video and pause it as needs pausing but yeah basically we're just going to start off this guy has been pulled over to the side of the road and uh we're going to find out why setting up his camera right now He says he's got to record it because it makes absolutely no sense. And so we'll see what why he's. Okay, so give me your ID first before I can tell you what I stopped you for. It's not the way the law works. You tell them why first. When you detain someone, you tell them why you've detained them. You work on all that identification stuff later. Yeah, you, I, I guess he's not being detained, but at the same time, you can tell him why you've pulled him over before you need his ID. You, who you work for there? Your your shirt. Delmar Oil Company. Delmar Oil Company. Yes, okay. How long you been there? Why, that's why that is well, I'm just talking to you. I see your shirt here. I'm just asking. So the cop pulled him over and would like to have a conversation with him about 
about why. Okay, so the video. Oh, you know what? I can fix the video coming through. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so he's been pulled over, and now the cop wants to have a conversation with him about how long he's worked for the Delmore Oil Company. He asks why, and he's like, I'm just making conversation. Sorry, you don't need to get all snippy with me. When you pull someone over, you need to make that as quick as possible, especially for the reason that the cop is going to give for pulling this guy over. All right, let's keep going. Is it, is it, is it wrong to ask you questions about where you work? Well, I'm just trying to figure out what that has to do with the, with the stall. Okay. All right, well, if you don't want, you know, just casual conversation, that's fine. Since I got you stopped here, you're driving... He's about to tell him, but come on, <laughs> you have to tell him. Oh, you know what? Casual conversation. Wait, so the cop won't reveal why he's pulled him over to the side of the road, but he demands a casual conversation from this guy. Absolutely mind blowing. And I got to tell you, I've got a lot of patience, but this is okay. So he's going to tell him why he pulled him over. And this is, this is the best. 65 and you, you know, speak like the seven. I'm just wondering what's wrong with me. Are you Okay. Pulled him over for doing a 65 and a 70. Oh, man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, 65 miles an hour is fine to pull in a 70. I don't, I understand there's some places, heck, there's some places by my house where the flow of traffic goes at like 85 and a 70. They still pull you over if they catch you doing it, but everybody's doing it. But there are some places where you just say, you know what? The speed limit is the maximum hypothetically, and he's pulled him over for going 65. So there must be something wrong because you're obeying the law. I'm laughing now. And thankfully this video, like I said, does not end violently, but how infuriating would this be if it happened to you? Just, just, I'll let it keep going. Blows my mind. Other than, are you okay? Are you traveling five miles below the speed limit? Yes, sir. Reason. I'm just checking on you. That's all I'm doing. Okay. Sir, you good? I'm great. Awesome. How are you? I'm I'm doing better than I deserve. You know. Uh, you got the uh, paperwork for the vehicle? It's actually a rental car. The only uh paperwork that I have is via email. It's what? A rental car. I, but what were you saying about something? You said something about via email. He's got it on email. The papers when you get your rental car, they email them to you. Not after that. The only paperwork they give you is uh, via email. Okay. You pull it up digitally? I can. Okay. How long do you... Why does he need to see it? At this point, he just said, I'm just checking in on you. You haven't broken the law. I'm just checking in on you just to make sure you're okay. Why do you think at this point that the officer wants to see the paperwork? He's in a rental car, goes to Demo Oil Company. He's black. He shouldn't be in a rental car, should he? He should be in his own car. This must be a stolen vehicle. That's what's going on. Cop sees a black guy in a nice rental car. Seems to have some kind of nice job. And things just don't add up for this police officer. Now, I hate to make fun of the Southern Hillbilly thing. I forgot to check what state this was before doing it. But he's talking like this. I mean, he's like trying to be the stereotype for why you pull black people over for no reason. Like, I know I didn't have any good reason to pull you over but you shouldn't be black. Like that whole like fake George W. Bush draw or something like that, that he's trying to do. Like, I, I, I don't, it's very transparent. And apparently 
the unfortunate thing is this isn't the first time it has happened to this guy. I believe he makes a comment about it later in the video. But the sad part is, is if you have a black friend, this probably isn't the only time that they've gone through it either. That if they happen to just be in a nicer car for a little bit, who knows what the reason is, you know, just got in a rental car, they're going to get pulled over because they're black in a kind of nice car. It's sickening. I'll let it continue. You got it for uh, Until I decide to take it back. They, they don't have like a scheduled day to return it? Uh, they do, but um, unfortunately for my schedule right now, it's on, I'm not able to. When are you going to bring the car back, sir? Because you shouldn't be in this car. You should be in your old clunker. You shouldn't be in a rental car. So when are you going to bring this car back? This isn't the most fascinating part, but here you go. He's pulling it up on his email because the cop will not leave him alone, even though he's breaking no laws. The officer will not leave him alone. You still live in Clayton? I do. Okay. Making sure the well, address is current. Off of. Uh, it's off of seven. All right, there you go. It was due back yesterday at two thirty. Um, okay. Okay. Where are you coming from now? Where am I coming from? Yes, sir. Goldsboro. Goldsboro. Is that where an office is? I'm, I'm trying to understand what, what, what's, what's the relationship. I'm trying to understand the relation to the traffic stop. The officer is trying to make this about this car potentially being stolen, right? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? Why are you here in a rental car? You should have no reason. Doesn't matter. In America, if you're not breaking the law, you should be able to do whatever you want. That's the entire point. So it's just at this point, if you can see what the officer's point of view is, you are fishing for excuses to get the cops off the hook. This is a despicable behavior. Okay, this is despicable behavior. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? Look, he's got a reason for it. He even was willing, even he had the legal right to answer no questions. What's the libertarian point of view? Say nothing. Do nothing. Am I being detained? No, I'm going to drive off. You should be able to drive off. This guy could drive off, flip the cop the bird, and have broken no laws if he chooses to do that. He's being much friendlier than he has to be by answering any of these questions at all. But he has to because guess what? If he's rude to him, he's not even rude to him, and the officer, the officer gets upset because he doesn't want to answer these questions anyway. I'll let it keep going. Well, I'm just trying to figure out where you're coming from, where you're going, mess like that. So I have to identify where I'm traveling to and from? All right, hang tight here just a minute, buddy. I don't understand. Okay, so he's all mad. Cops like, hang tight just a minute. We have a long delay in the video because, of course, as everybody knows, even if he got pulled over for no going, no good reason, the cop goes back to their car, types up all your stuff, and has to make sure that absolutely everything about you checks out. Right? This is your little roadside Gestapo. Just making sure that, okay, you know, I'm going to call the dealership, make sure their car didn't get stolen. Are you sure? Because there's a black guy driving it. Did you intentionally rent to a black guy? Oh, no, I'm scared, so I better call the, you know, the, the, the rental place. Anyhow, guy's about to come back. So the guy gets all mad when he's like, I don't understand why I got to answer where I'm coming from. Cop storms off all upset, and he's going to come back. It gets worse. Uh, this man wrote me a ticket, bro. Like, what you? What could you possibly have wrote me a ticket for? He's talking to himself right now. 
Yeah, there. Just here's a warning, okay? No court date, no fine, nothing like that. You can throw this paper away when you get to the house. And nothing to really worry about, all right? Okay, what was the warning for? All right. Have a good day, all right? What's the warning for, sir? Oh, <laughs> here's a warning for driving 65 at a 70 for being in a rental car that you're allowed to have, that you had the paperwork for, that you had your license for. This is literally a warning for being a black driver. What you are witnessing here is you're a black driver and now you're getting a warning for it. You decided not to answer all those crazy questions that I had about where you're coming, where you're going to. And I got all upset and I got my pride hurt. And since you were breaking any laws, here's your warning. You can tell the guy now he's aware he's being recorded. And so what happens when he realizes being recorded? Who's not answering the questions now? It's, it's the police officer who now when he's aware he's on camera is like, uh, you don't have to pay anything and there's no court date and uh, oh crap, I should never have done this. And here's the thing and goodbye and runs off, right? Thankfully, this guy decides to try to get more answers out of him. He didn't even say what a warning before, bro. All right, we're going to try to figure it out. So he's getting out of the car. He's going to try to find out. I'm trying to understand what the warning is for. It's for traveling under the speed limit, okay? Well, how, how, how <laughs> traveling is, what you say is kind of suspicious to travel under the speed limit when the speed limit is 70. Wouldn't you say it's kind of suspicious to travel under the speed limit? <laughs> It's like, it's like having an officer tell you, like, I know it says no smoking, but I mean, the fact that you aren't smoking, isn't that a little weird? Wouldn't you say it's a little suspicious that you're not breaking the law at all? Isn't it suspicious that you're a black guy in my neighborhood who is breaking no laws? Wouldn't you say that's a little weird? Here's the thing. Suspicious? Okay. Not suspicious at all. But even if it is, you don't need to issue a warning to somebody for acting suspicious. If I am like itching my neck outside of school and somebody's like, why are you itching your neck? Isn't that suspiciously addicted to drugs? And you're like, no, I just had an itch on my neck. You can't issue me a warning. What to never itch my neck again. And it's like, well, wouldn't you say that's suspicious for not breaking the speed limit? Unbelievable. The officer has things to do. He's so busy, not too busy, to ask him, what job do you work for? What brings you into this town? What town are you coming from? How long have you worked at these? But all these things that are completely irrelevant, that cop had all the time in the world. But then you bust out a video camera that catches this officer acting like a grade A jerk. And what happens when they catch you being a racist? I, I, don't, I don't got time. I, don't, I ran out of time. I, I really, I just have to go. Uh, sir, I'm, I'm so busy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I, I am so busy about this. I got to go. Hey. Hey. Have a good day. Yeah, you continue on with your day. He says a commanding attitude. That's the end of that video there. But it is just so absolutely bonkers. And it is, it's difficult to watch and it's embarrassing and it should be. And the thing is, is talking to my friends. I shared this with my friends because we were going to discuss it today. I guess none of them could uh, join me. But when I asked them, you know, when I was like, hey, guys, we're going to talk about this video. And I had some black friends and white friends and was like, hey, you know, let's, you know, look at this video and talk about it. The white friends that I had had one reaction. The black friends I had had another. The white friends that I talked to about it were like, hey, that is that, you know, the white friends that I talked to were like, that's horrible. It makes me sick. It's clear racism. This should never happen. And the black friends that I had were like, oh, yeah, this, this crap. Here's the thing. If this is a normal thing, I am such a level-headed person. I don't return things to the store when they break. And that's not a good thing. That's because I'm a wuss, right? I say nothing. I'm a very patient. I'm very just like, oh, it broke. I'm sure it was my fault somehow. I shouldn't return it. And I would absolutely melt down if this happened to me. And not in the like libertarian higher than thou, just the how dare you? This is audacious. This is absolutely insane. This isn't policing. This is harassment. I would absolutely take it to court. I would take the cell phone. I would distribute it to every media outlet that I had. I would I would make a big case. I would probably try to sue the guy. And I am a pretty level-headed person. Here's the thing. This is one incident, and that is how I would react. If this was a common thing to have happen to you, maybe not every day, but, you know, monthly, annually. If this happened to me once in a lifetime, the world would know about it. I'd freak out so hard. This happens to my friends who live here in the United States that are black on a, like an at least an annual basis. That's absolutely insane. And I do want to say hello to my friends at Muddy Waters. How you doing, guys? <laughs> Appreciate you watching. It, it, the comments, you guys seem to get it. You know, don't talk to the police. Never gonna This guy talked to the police. And what happened? Oh, he's so mad at you. You know, it should have been this, should have been that. The guy is fishing for offenses. That's absolutely what he's doing. It's a hard thing to watch. But it's something that we have to watch to understand how we got from here to there. How did we get from, how do we get to George Floyd? George Floyd should be the worst example of police brutality that we can imagine. We have examples that are even worse. There are many who counter, and usually it's some type of white person saying we should talk more about it. But there is another example, and credit to Black Lives Matter, they talked about this, of Mr. Tibia who had the, uh, uh, was placed on, uh, had a knee placed on him until for 13 and a half minutes, struggling to breathe until he died, caught on video. Police brutality 
isn't just the murders. It's harassment. It's egging you on. We've seen during some of these videos the protesters being urged by police to do more. To to try to do something. And then they see a video camera and they shut up. Quiet. I mean, you see their reactions with the press during this time. How upset they've gotten that somebody is recording them. Even ones that had the legal right to be there. They'll arrest them. They'll say, hey, sorry, misunderstanding. I'll let you go later. They'll shoot them with rubber bullets and be like, oh, sorry. We thought they were the guys throwing water at us. We weren't sure. And you see on the video that nobody was throwing water at them. They just wanted the press gone. If this were to happen to you all of the time, and it culminates to this point, it's not that George Floyd was the worst thing to ever happen to the blacks in this country. We've done some terrible things to black people in this country. I mean, the reason they're here in this country is because we intended to do terrible things to them. But the reason that it's important to watch videos like this is to see how much farther we still have to go. If the black friends that I show this to say, yeah, that's my experience, maybe you can find some black friends where it's not their, their experience, right? So there's different systems everywhere. So we talk about systemic racism. Obviously, it's, it's going to be really bad in certain places and not as bad in others. But there are play, But most of my friends that are black are familiar with what's going on in this tape immediately. I have to watch the tape. I can't believe my eyes. For me, I say, oh, there's got to be another reason. There has to be. Some, maybe he. Maybe there's some. Maybe it fits the description of a car that was stolen. Maybe it was just a misunderstanding. There, there's got to be some explanation. But these things happen without explanation. In fact, when it's time to give them explanations. That's when they shut down. That's when they say, nope, here's your warning. Get out of here. Go about your business. I'm really, I'm really busy. You've inconvenienced me today by trying to talk to me. We're asking the police, this is a good point. We are asking the police to do too much. They're in for law. Here's the problem with law enforcement right now. It's, it's, we're talking about cops. We talk about police. Let's talk about law enforcement. The problem is, is that we have laws that we're aware have no victim. They're bad laws. They're made for the purposes of being racist. When you agree to be a law enforcement officer, you agree to enforce bad laws. And you agree to enforce, as Josh and Hannah are pointing out, way too many laws. There's too many laws. You're asked to do too much. If it was simple shoot the bad guys. I mean, this is what we make the superheroes, right? This is our deal that we have for police officers. We even do this in the movie theaters. You know, we're like, shoot, get the bad guys. Somebody stop the bad guys, shut them down. But that's not what we're asking law enforcement officers to do. We're asking them to hit unofficial quotas in some counties, still official quotas, even though that's supposed to be against the law, just for doing nothing, for obeying the flow of traffic. You know, please pay money because you went as fast as everybody else. We're asking them to enforce laws that they have no business enforcing. And that's too much and it is wrong. When you are enforcing a racist law, you are helping racists. Now, in this case, I have no excuses for this police officer because he's not even enforcing the law. There's no law that says you can't go 65 and a 70. 
There may have been a minimum speed limit, but it wasn't 65. There's no law against being suspicious or just being who you are, driving how you feel is safe, as long as you're not hurting other people. That's the libertarian ideal, and thankfully, that's the way it's supposed to work. This isn't what happened. This officer behaved in a racist way. What is it about law enforcement? We always ask the question in the wrong order. We say, what is it about racism that makes law enforcement officers want to be there? It's not what it is. What, what makes these officers? Because most people that I know who join the police force aren't KKK members, right? But, but at the same time, I don't deny that I see a squad of 50 patrol people open fire on a house spray and pray style. How did you turn these people that say, I want to do what's good in the world. And you turned them in these people that fire on innocent people. How do we get from A to B? How do you make a stormtrooper? The answer is before this video. And it's that you, when you make laws that target black people and you ask people to enforce those laws that tend to target black people, you find yourself targeting black people with all laws, any kind of law. My, I had a family member, and this is something I'm going to share between, between all of us, uh, my We Are Libertarians family. I had a, a family member who worked for an ambulance uh, operating company out of Pennsylvania, and they had a code, and it was D-A-N. This is a code that went to all of the ambulance drivers, himself included. It went to all of the paramedics that rode on the ambulance. And it stands for dumb A N-word. This is an official, it was an official code. Now, of course it wasn't in the books, but it was something they would send to all their pagers. No problem sending it. The reason they sent it was because, oh, there's some dumb A N-word that sent, that shot off a gun on his property. And we need somebody to look into it, make sure nobody's hurt. Or some dumb A N-word that is over here at the, this, you know, Carl's Jr. and he's having a heart attack. And we just, we think he's being an idiot. That's systemic. That means every single person you've hired for that company doesn't have to be a racist. It's not required. But you need to understand racism and you need to work in a system where that type of language is common, common, is normal, normalized. So when you work for law enforcement and you carry out laws that are racists, that are racist laws, we know that's the intent of the law. Why are we so shocked when the officers themselves become racist? If you are a stormtrooper, and you say, well, I want to be a good stormtrooper, but I am required to do the, the bidding of Darth Vader or the Emperor. And they give me a bad order. I hope they get it right next time. But that's not the... But maybe they won't. The reason I'm bringing up this video is to show th these are the straws that break the camel's back. These are the type of things that people encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. We say, aren't you overreacting? with George Floyd? Aren't you overreacting with the Mod Arbery? Aren't you overreacting that for this? If it was a single isolated event and it was a single isolated mistake, 
maybe it all is an overreaction. There's an, we're never going to have a perfect society. I don't believe in utopianism. I don't believe that there are some people who just say, you know, this is not, this is not a line of work where any mistakes can ever be made. And that's true, right? We, we shouldn't be messing up at all when you're pointing a gun at somebody. But I understand that we are a society run by human beings. And so when we have this society run by human beings, we're going to make human errors. The problem is we're making errors that are inhuman by treating people as subhumans. And these are our friends and family members and brothers and sisters. And we are treating them as subhumans by empowering these officers, by constantly dismissing their experiences. And this is something I was at fault with because I didn't experience this in my circles. And I didn't feel the people that lived in my circles were going through this kind of thing. But then I talk with them about video like that. And they're just like, and even the ones that don't complain about it said, oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, there's officers that do that. That'll pull you over for no reason. Just going to work in a car that looks too nice for me. What kind of culture would that create in you, my community, in your community? So, of course, it creates this culture of antagonism in the black community. When you treat them like villains, you're driving a car that's too nice. You look like you're, you have a shirt. You're obeying the law. You're wearing a nice work uniform. And you're treated as out of place, like you're some kind of foreigner. They struggle enough. Don't you think to not have to give them that kind of culture feeding? It's wrong. And we all know it's wrong. I think we're just realizing exactly how bad it's become. When we see officers and people that will watch a video like that and rally behind the officer and say that that officer, there must be some good reason. I'm sure there's a good reason. I'm sure he's a good dad. I'm sure he's a good, you know, we can't tear this guy's life apart because of this. Tearing that guy's life apart will do so little. What needs to be fixed is the entire system. This is not a matter of there never being another mistake. I would love for there to be a never George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or Tamir Rice ever again. I'm aware that's too much to ask for, but it cannot be part of a system. The system is designed to do this. The system of laws is designed to crack down on these people. It was created to target them and target their culture. And when you sign up to carry that out, the idea is that it's their will be done, not ours. Not everybody's a religious person. I am. When I tell God, not my will, but thy, thy will be done. His will is a will of love. I am confident when I give him my will that he will ask me to do things that serve my community and be nice to my fellow man. To love them to respect them, to try and bring them up, to treat everybody like brothers and sisters, to not judge ever, even once, a little bit, to try and make everybody feel incorporated and together because we are all in this together. What happens when I take that will, I make that same oath that I made to God, and instead I say, whoever the president of the United States is, you have my will. Anything I do, I'm not responsible for. 
you are. Well, that kind of absolves me, doesn't it? And then what happens is what this officer who had killed um, who had killed Floyd, he had something like 17 write-ups, various mistakes that he'd made from other incidents that he screwed up. <laughs> I, I can't work at a restaurant and get 17 write-ups and keep my job. Right? I've let people go for getting two in the same month, right? <laughs> this is this is insane, right? You're not good at it. <clears throat> But even if his will was great, even if he executed his job flawlessly, it was like, hey, you know, let's say this guy didn't give him a warning and was like, oh, just pulled you over to make sure everything was normal. Have a good day. It's still wrong for him to treat him any differently than he would anybody else. And what happens? Your union will get behind you. Your manners will get behind you. The officers who killed Brianna Taylor shot her eight times in her own bedroom. What did the medical examiner do? Instead of saying, you guys are in some trouble. Medical examiner said there were no injuries on Breonna Taylor's body. Just lied. In the Maude Arbery shooting, what happened when the district attorney got a hold of it and was asked to press charges? Straight up lied about the evidence. Had to recuse himself. Stood down. When you see work in a system that says, hey, if you do this to a black guy, we don't have to tell you this word for word, but you can see, right? Everybody learns by seeing and witnessing. If you see officers getting away with this and nothing happens to them, or even worse still, they get promoted and they're more successful, what does that communicate to you? That that's the right thing to do. I don't believe that all officers go into law enforcement being racist KKK members. But there's a reason why racism is so prevalent with them, even though they might not be racist. Because when you forfeit your will to another earthly entity capable of making mistakes, and especially one like the American government that has passed laws that target black people, you are saying, I will uphold your laws, including your racist laws. You can never forfeit your will to another human being. The idea of the Nuremberg defense, that I didn't do it, Hitler asked me to do it, I was scared and so I, and I needed a job and I needed all, I mean, that was a huge part, right? This need for work and employment and I needed to keep this country going. We're just trying to stay alive over here. And so that's why I rounded up a few million Jews and starved them to death or gassed them. And it didn't stop with the Jews. It started with the socialists came to the Jews. I, uh, I visited a concentration camp once and it was a, it was a very sad experience. And there's a, there's definitely a feeling that you get while you're there when I was in Germany. And I'll never forget one of the badges because at the time I was younger and I didn't really understand. And I, I was a hothead and I just said, you know, whew, that would, thank goodness I wasn't there in Germany. Sounds awful for other people. And I saw this little patch that they gave to them. And I saw, of course, the yellow star of David, everybody was familiar with. And I saw the patch that they gave to the, uh, the socialists. And I saw the patches that they gave to the gypsies. And I came along the line and one of the last patches I saw was one for people who studied the Bible. I had no idea that eventually 
we could go from busting socialists to busting Christians. My mind had a tough time comprehending it. But the problem was, is Hitler was supposed to tell you what was in the Bible and what was the will of God. You weren't supposed to find out for yourself. So I'm sorry, if you studied for yourself, if you were a Bible reader, you would have known everything going on in Nazi Germany was bad. All right, so you got to knock that off. If you know somebody who's in law enforcement, we've tried telling them to quit. We've tried making these arguments that they're doing the wrong thing, that these laws are racist, and maybe they don't see it or feel that they can try to avoid it or try to avoid those type of things. But man, just have them, have them get in touch with themselves. For me, the Bible condemned everything Hitler did, and Hitler knew it. So he had to send those people to concentration camps. When you read the Bible, you can't possibly defend what the American government did to black people. We just hope that you don't care. We just hope that when you'll say, hey, not my will, but thine be done, that you're talking about the United States and not God. Again, this is me from my religious perspective, even from a, just a purely a religious I ideal. You should never forfeit your will to somebody else. You are always responsible for your own actions. If you do this to somebody, pull them over. I don't care if you feel like your department wants you to do it. I don't care if you feel like you'll get some kind of medal or an upgraded uniform, or some kind of bump in your pay. Or even if it goes so far as you feel threatened by your union if you don't do these things, and the well-being of your family is at stake. At, at stake. Remember, you can never forfeit your will to somebody else. You're always responsible for your own actions. Libertarianism for a very long time was known as individualism. You cannot be collectively responsible. You and you alone are responsible for what you do. So when you see these officers shoot at people on the doorsteps of their own home for disobeying some stupid curfew law, when you see members of the media get jailed, when you see this video, it's no longer enough to just say, I don't like it, but that wasn't me. As a law enforcement officer, you've agreed to uphold the law, whether the law is right or wrong. And in this case, the law is wrong. And it ends up that when you sacrifice your soul, you end up enforcing laws that don't even exist. I mean, just the video we just watched. There wasn't a law in place. This officer didn't need the law. All he had was instinct. There's a black guy driving a nice rental car who looks like he's got a job through my community. That's suspicious. Something's going on with that. It's not right. And it's time to quit. <laughs> if you know a law enforcement officer, I strongly suggest you reach out to them in love. They've been reached out to in hate. The ones that will quit because they feel hated have quit. <laughs> At this point, if you know a law enforcement officer, please reach out to them in love. Because what they need to see right now 
that this isn't love. If they're loving people, they're not enforcing the will of love. They're not enforcing goodness. They're enforcing the law. The law is cold, bleak, and racist. And it needs to stop. And the only way it'll stop is if it stops being enabled. And without officers, politicians are just people with bad ideas. And maybe we can't create the kind of change that gets every single officer to quit the force. But you're not responsible for every single officer on the force. You're only responsible for yourself. So I urge you, please find other work <laughs> if you're a law enforcement officer. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to this with me. I just saw this video and I just felt like I had to say something about it. I think we've seen a lot of the shocking, awful, awful, brutal videos. But I want you to understand how we get from here to there, how we've gotten here, why it only why this was such a powder keg ready to explode. Because if this happened to you all the time, you'd be ready to explode too. I know I am. Patreon members, thank you so much for subscribing. Everybody else, thanks for listening and putting up with my technical difficulties. I'm sorry more of the wall crew can come on tonight, but I really appreciate you guys joining. Um, hope you learned a little something. Please let me know, share it, whatever you want to do. Again, you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you next time.